Hello everyone! Welcome to the Sumulong Baptist Church Podcast. We are glad that you have chosen to join us in worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ through listening to God's Word. Hello everyone, welcome to our service today. Thank you so much for joining us online. Hey, I wish I could tell you when we're going to have in-person services. We're still waiting on directives from the government. We want to make sure everything is safe and that we can meet. So keep uh, coming back to our Sumulong Baptist Church Facebook page uh, and check for updates. We've got our daily devotionals. We've got these services. We want to invite you back each week. And then please share uh, what we're putting online. Uh, somebody might be encouraged by uh, one of our devotions or one of our services. They may hear, may hear the gospel through that. And so please uh, share that with your friends and uh, may, take note of some of the things that we've got coming up too. We've got BCL classes starting in August. You can sign up now. We've also got our Roar DVBS uh, coming up on July 30, 31, and August 1. You can sign up today. We've got a lot of kids who are already signed up. And it's going to be a great time, and I think it'll be great for our kids to be able to interact. Uh, they get a sling bag that has crafts in it and coloring pages and all those kinds of things. And so we're going to make DVBS as fun as possible this year. So sign up today. Uh, we hope that you can avail of that. So we're continuing our series on unshakable hope today. And today we're going to be talking about power. You know, how does a brownout make you feel? Yesterday, I got a text from Ralco. Uh, Melanie and I were out doing a little shopping, and we got a text, you're going to lose power at your house. Our hearts kind of sunk. You know, it's kind of a hot day, and nobody likes to lose power. But can I ask you how you're feeling right now in your life? Uh, do you feel like your tank is a little bit low? Do you need a power boost? Um, you know, there's so many things that we need right now. There's physical needs that we have. There's emotional and spiritual needs that we have in our lives. But Max Lucado in his book, Unshakable Hope, he shares some examples that I want to share with you today. And I've got some things that maybe you need right now. So let's say I have a great deal on a tripod. You should see a picture of a tripod coming up. Um, this tripod is, is awesome. It's something that you might even hand down to your children or your grandchildren. If you're interested, I can give you a 33% discount, okay? It's only fair because as you can see in this picture, it's missing one leg. Okay, yes, it's a two-legged tripod, but imagine the convenience and time you'll save with only having to fold up two legs instead of three. It gives you the gift of time. This is why it's also so lightweight. It's weather resistant. This is an awesome tripod. And who needs three legs anyway on a tripod? Well, you might be sitting there saying, well, pastor, it's a tripod. It's not called a bipod. It needs three legs, right? Well, I can see you're a very discerning customer. So let's go on to item number two, okay? Item number two is a tricycle. Your young child or grandchild can enjoy hours of fun riding around on his or her, her own very own tricycle. It's colorful. Uh, this is also being offered at a 33% discount. It's missing one wheel. That's just one small catch, right? Your child could run, learn to ride wheelies, uh, they could learn to just ride on two wheels. They'll have to do that eventually, right? Um, it could really help them for the future. And if I was trying to sell these things in a mall right now, and you were walking by and I asked you to stop, you'd be walking away right now, okay? You probably would be doing that. But if you can indulge me for just a minute, I've got one more bargain to tell you about. It's a prism, okay? Now, it's not like the ones that you see here, okay? The ones in the picture, they're working, okay? But the prism that I'm trying to sell you only has two sides. One side, instead of refracting light, it reflects light, okay? You guessed it. I'll lower the price by 33%. It's the deal of the century, okay? 
Do you see the value in any, any of these three items? A two-legged tripod, a two-wheeled tricycle, or a prism that only works on two sides? Of course you don't. <laughs> there is no value in those items, okay? And I don't blame you if you say those are terrible things and I don't want to buy them. Who settles for two-thirds when you could get a complete tricycle at Toys R Us or at SM? That would be easy to go down and purchase. You could find a three-legged tripod at any electronics store. And whoever even heard of a two-sided prism, okay? But many Christians do something similar to this, though, in their Christian lives. Any believer could answer these questions. Who is God the Father? Or who is God the Son? But not every believer can answer this question, who is the Holy Spirit and what does He do in my life? Many believers settle for only two-thirds of the Trinity in their daily walk. We always rely on the Father and the Son, but often the Holy Spirit is overlooked. You wouldn't make this mistake with a tripod or a tricycle or a prism, and you absolutely shouldn't make this mistake with God. The Bible talks about the Holy Spirit well over 100 times, and Jesus said more about the Spirit than he did about the church or marriage. In fact, he said the words that we find in Acts 1 verse 8, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Jesus could have promised many things to the disciples before he ascended back into heaven. He could have promised them success, a problem-free life, ministry opportunities, a good income, or popularity. But instead, he promised them the never-ending power and presence of the Holy Spirit. For you and me as Christians, this is unshakable hope that we need today, right now, in this moment that we're living through. We need to realize that this is unshakable hope. This is an unshakable promise that we have of the Holy Spirit. I want to read Acts 1-8 one more time. You know, we could focus on many aspects of the Holy Spirit today. But I want to focus in again on what Acts 1-8 says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. In order for the gospel to spread around the world, God knew that we would need a power source beyond our own selves. He knew that we would need the never-ending power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, when you look at the Holy Spirit, if you look in the Greek, okay, the Greek word is agionuma. Uh, in Hebrew, it's ruach, and it means spirit, lowercase s, or spirit, capital S, wind or breath. The Holy Spirit is vital to us as Christians. The spreading of the gospel and everything you read in Acts and beyond is because of the Holy Spirit's work. He comes alongside the believer. He indwells and encourages us and pushes us to do more for God. And there's so many names for the Holy Spirit in the Bible. I don't have time to read all of them, but he's called the Spirit of glory. He's called the Lord and God. He's called the Spirit of wisdom, of might, of understanding. He is the comforter. Okay, He is the Spirit of truth. He is called the Holy Spirit. And He's the Spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. This is God, the Holy Spirit, uh, that we serve. And He is our comforter. He is our companion. He is our convictor. He is our challenger. And He is our cheerleader. I'm thankful that He encourages us to go forward and move forward. You know, do you need a spiritual push right now? As I was saying earlier, is your spiritual tank low? Are, are you just kind of having trouble getting back in that mode of serving or thinking about serving? Do you need a push? We have all had somebody in our lives, maybe a parent or a teacher 
or a mentor, somebody that has pushed us to reach new heights and reach new goals, okay? The Holy Spirit will help you and guide you and give you a push. So that's kind of our outline today, P-U-S-H, all right? I hope that helps you remember the sermon, but the Holy Spirit gives you a push when you need it, okay? And let me say this, the Holy Spirit is not some mystical power, life force out there in the universe, okay? The Holy Spirit is a person, and He indwells you, and He is at work in your life and my life. He is at work in our church. He is at work in this world right now. And so we need to recognize Him for who He is. We need to give Him glory and honor and praise for who He is in our lives. So look at your outlines with me. And by the way, you can find your outline uh, and on, our, on our Facebook page. Uh, you should be able to pull that up if you would like to. So you need a push from the Holy Spirit. First of all, the Holy Spirit gives us, letter P, power. Okay, The Holy Spirit gives us power. I want us to look at Psalm 104, starting in verse 27. And just to be, I want us to be reminded of the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, these all look to you to give them their food and due season. When you give it to them, they gather it up. When you open your hand, they are filled with good things. When you hide your face, they are dismayed. When you take away their breath, they die and return to their dust. When you send forth your spirit, they are created and you renew the face of the ground. God's fingerprints are all over our lives and all over creation through the work of the Holy Spirit. He possesses the power that created the universe. That same power that is active in creation is what seals you at the moment of salvation. So this is something very important about the Holy Spirit that we need to talk about for just a moment. And this is some awesome power that is on on display and at work in your life. The Spirit enters a person when they put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14. It says, In Him you also... When you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory? So we are sealed. What does this mean? That means we have eternal security. Nothing can take your salvation away. You're sealed. It's settled. You don't have to worry about your salvation once you have received Jesus Christ. Now, if you haven't received Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to do that as soon as possible. You need to make that decision to receive Christ as your personal Savior. When that happens, the Bible says that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So this is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's an act of the Holy Spirit. Look with me at John chapter 3. Jesus talks about the work of the Holy Spirit in salvation in John chapter 3, verses 5 through 8, when he's talking to Nicodemus. He said, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit, capital S, is Spirit. Don't be surprised. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. It's so important that we make that decision to receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. And we can't see God with our eyes. We can't see the Holy Spirit with our eyes. But I like how Billy Graham said it about this verse. He said, I've never seen the wind, but I've seen the effects of the wind. As the Spirit has His way in the life of believers, a transformation occurs. So when you receive Christ as your Savior, so salvation is not about good works. It's not about church membership or any of those things. It's it's a work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. It's giving your life to God, to Jesus Christ. It's accepting that free gift of salvation. When you do that, 
we begin to think the way that God thinks. We begin to love the way that God loves. We begin to see uh, the way that God sees. The Bible says if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. And so that happens in our lives. So one thing, one way that we can see that is the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians 5. Look with me there. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. With so much tension and lawlessness in the world right now, we need the Spirit to rule and reign in our hearts and our actions, okay? Uh, We need this. Uh, We don't need more fighting or more dissension. We need more love and peace and, and goodness and kindness and faithfulness, okay? These attributes in the life of a Christian appear just like a mango does on the branch of a mango tree. Fruit happens as a result of relationship and connection, okay? If you cut the branch off from the tree, no more fruit. Uh, When the branch has a secure connection to the trunk, nutrients flow, growth happens, and fruit will be on display. Unless our connection to God is marred by rebellion, sin, or a bad attitude, you and I can expect to have a harvest of fruit in our lives, okay? If we stay connected to the source, capital S, okay, this will naturally happen. So even our spiritual gifts are the work of the Spirit. You can find those in Romans 12. I'm not going to take the time to read those today. But the Holy Spirit knows your needs and He knows the needs of our church. So He's equipped you with a spiritual gift. He's equipped me with a spiritual gift. And He wants us to use those in the church. When we are actively using our gifts, the church will be empowered to do the work that God has called us to do. So in an orchestra, one instrument is not more important than the others. But if all the musicians follow the conductor, beautiful music will be produced. When believers do this, the result is God's power being on display. That's why God gets the glory for everything in our lives and everything that happens in our church because he's the one that's doing the work in our midst. Our church and our lives are a living testimony to the work of the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Everything that you and I have is because of that work of the power of the Holy Spirit. It is at work in your life. It is available to you right now. You need to make sure that you live in that power, okay? So let's talk about another push, okay? Another thing that we have in that push. So P was power. U is unity. The result of the Holy Spirit being at work in our lives is unity. The Holy Spirit gives us unity. So the Holy Spirit protects us and gathers us like a hen protects her children, okay? Um, and, And Ephesians 4, 3 We aren't told to create unity, but we're told to keep unity and maintain the unity that the Spirit is trying to accomplish in us. So I can't create the unity. The Holy Spirit does that by bringing us together with that common bond that we have in the Lord. But we can help promote that unity, okay? Uh, Max Lucado says this, Harmony is always an option because the Spirit is always present. So the Spirit is our constant companion. You're sealed until the day of redemption. So I have the Spirit at work in my life. You have the Spirit at work in your life if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. So harmony and unity in our church is always an option. You know, fellowship is not always the easiest, but because of the work of the Holy Spirit in each of us, unity is always possible. And this is the amazing thing that as we're separated right now during quarantine and we're separated because of COVID-19, it doesn't mean that we still don't have this connection. We have that common bond through the Holy Spirit. Um, that is a blessing that we have as Christians. Look with me at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 
And we're going to look at verses 12 through 14. It says, For just as the body is one and many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all were made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. So what is this saying to us? It's saying there is unity in diversity. We don't all have to be the same, and that's okay. In fact, it's designed that way in the church that you and I would not be ex exactly the same. There is unity in diversity. The Spirit binds us together. So when God brings our church together, people from different countries even, people from different regions of the Philippines, He, get, he brings people from uh, different economic backgrounds together. He brings people with different talent levels together and different talents together. This only happens through the Holy Spirit. So I'm thankful for the unity that we have, even though we're separated. And please know this, and please hear me say this. If you're watching this by yourself right now, maybe you felt very lonely during this pandemic, you are not alone. The Holy Spirit is always with you, but we have this unity and this common bond through the power and through the work of the Holy Spirit. You are not alone today, okay? So letter P is power, uh, letter U is unity, but let's go to number three. The Holy Spirit supervises the church, okay? So the church is not this building, okay? You and I are the church, and He supervises us, okay? Um, the Holy Spirit can be seen like a manager, making sure that everything is working properly in the church. So how does the, how does the Holy Spirit like supervise our lives? How does he take care of you? How does he make sure that you are taken care of? Well, he does this in a few different ways. Uh, first of all, by comforting the believers. Look at Acts 9, 31. I think this is a really important verse for us today. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Honestly, the, the time of the early church was not always easy days. Those were some dark days. There was persecution. There was danger. But through the Holy Spirit, there was protection. Through the Holy Spirit, uh, look what it says here. They had peace and they were being built up. And walking in the fear of the Lord and the comfort of the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of difficult times, the church multiplied. I hope that that's an encouragement for you. I hope that brings you some comfort right now that God is still at work in our church. He's still at work in your life and your family. He's still saving people. We still have plans to expand and grow. That's what the Holy Spirit does in our life. He gives us a vision and a passion. He comforts us even in the midst of difficult times because His power level hasn't gone down. You might feel empty. You might feel like, I don't know if I can keep going or I don't have the passion or drive that I once did. The power source of the Holy Spirit is always available to us. He gives you comfort, a, a never-ending flow of comfort if you need that. But look at another thing, too. Um, he is guiding the believers into all truth. I love this, and, and Jesus talks so much about this in John. Look at me at John 14, verse 16. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, a comforter, to be with you forever. And then jump down to verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while, while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So the disciples couldn't understand the full truth about Jesus. Remember, Jesus had talked about so much during his earthly ministry. Hey, I'm going to die. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to rise again on the third day. They just couldn't understand that because they had not 
uh, received the Holy Spirit yet as a seal and as a promise. And so until the Holy Spirit came, they couldn't really understand things fully. Look also with me at John 16, verses 12 through 14. that talks a little bit more about this. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So that's a blessing that you can, you and I can understand, and we can know this, that because of the Holy Spirit, um, he's going to reveal things to us that even the disciples, when they were walking with Jesus, they couldn't fully understand. Uh, that's a blessing of the Holy Spirit. So he guides us into all truth. Okay, um, look at the next one. I love this. Okay, I love this next uh, role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He offers prayers for intercession. Okay, he offers prayers for intercession. So I was talking about the Holy Spirit comforting us just a moment ago. Do you need comfort right now? Do you need that? Maybe you need to call on God in prayer. Look at Romans 8 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Have you ever been at that point where you just didn't even know what to pray? You didn't even know how to pray? That's where the Holy Spirit can even take over for us and pray for us a groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind, what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. So he's not going to try to get you something that you shouldn't get or do something for you that you shouldn't do. But according to the will of God, the Spirit is going to intercede on your behalf. He's going to go to Jesus who sits at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us. He's going to make those pleas known to God. And we know that the, for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. Many times we quote, we quote Romans 8.28, but just those verses before that talk to us about the work and the role of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You know, for many of us, I think one of the blessings of COVID-19, one of the blessings of quarantine has been this, that many of us have become prayer warriors during this time. Many of us have spent more time in devotion and prayers, okay? Thank you, Holy Spirit. We need to say thank you to the Holy Spirit for helping us to pray, for causing us to be those prayer warriors. Uh, you might just want to type that. Thank you, Holy Spirit, and, and put a comment in the comments below. Or you might just want to say that to Him right now, okay? And, and so here's something else that the Holy Spirit does. Though. Look at the next point. The Holy Spirit bears witness that we are saved, okay? Galatians 4 says this, And because you are sons, God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you, you are no longer a slave, but a son, and of a son, then an heir of God. Look also with me at Romans 8, okay? The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided that we suffer with Him in order that we may also be glorified with Him. What did Paul say? Paul said, I know whom I have believed. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit. We know. If you know, you know uh, that you are saved. And you know that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit, whereby we cry, Daddy. We cry, Abba, Father. Uh, I think that's one of those, those, those signs to know that you're saved. Uh, the Spirit just bears witness and we are able to cry out to our Heavenly Father. This is another thing that the Spirit does, though. 
as he, as he supervises our life, as he helps us to live a godly life, but he creates an atmosphere for freedom. Second Corinthians 3, verses 16 and 17 says, But when one turns to the Lord, the veil is relo- removed. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, I'm sharing so many verses with you today I, because I want you to know how much the Bible talks about the Holy Spirit. We need to realize that the Holy Spirit indwells us. We need to realize the power that's available to us. We need to use, realize the unity that the Spirit creates. But we need to realize all of these things that the Spirit is able to do and is doing in our lives. And He gives us freedom. In a world where it feels like some of our freedoms are kind of eroding, and, and it feels like some of those freedoms might even be taken away from us, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Amen? There's freedom for you and me. There is liberty uh, that sets the captive free. And we need to remember who we are. We are sons and daughters of God, uh, and we are indwelled by the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit does many things in our lives and in our church. But I want to take us to number four. So P is power, U is unity, uh, S is the how He supervises and, and kind of manages our life. But when you get to letter H, you cannot talk about the Spirit without Him talking about Him as the Holy Spirit. The Spirit is holy. So I think this means a few things for us, okay? First of all, it means He's worthy of our praise and He's worthy to be worshipped because He is holy. But His job is to make us holy as well. He cleanses us from sin. He sanctifies us to serve the Lord. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 11. And that is what some of you were, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. So there's those two words again, right? Justification, sanctification. Justification is what happens to you in salvation. It's an instant, an instant act. Sanctification is that lifelong process where we are cleansed, where we are made holy, where we're made, uh, where we're conformed into the image of Christ. This is something uh, that's always ongoing in our lives. Think of a mother using a washing board to wash her family's clothes. She will scrub and scrub and scrub until that stain comes out or until the clothes are as clean as possible. The Spirit rubs us and cleans us to a state of cleanness. Sometimes that means a little pain sometimes. Sometimes that means uh, kind of rubbing off those rough edges around us. But we are forgiven. We're justified We also need to be sanctified. This is part of the work of the Holy Spirit. Look at Titus 3, verses 4 through 7. But when the kindness of God our Savior and His love for mankind appeared, He saved us, not by righteous deeds that we have done, but according to His mercy, through the washing of new birth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This is the Spirit He poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we would become heirs with the hope of eternal life. This cannot take place by human effort. There's nothing you can do to earn salvation. And if you've been listening to our services maybe the last few weeks, maybe this is the first time that you've heard one of our services here at Sumalong Baptist Church, we want you to know that our church can't save you. Your good works can't save you. It's only through the power of the Lord that you can be saved. You need to put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, but it's the Spirit who will do that that saving work in your life. He will seal you uh, with His own Spirit. Uh, This will happen in your life. And look with me at Galatians 3.3. It says this, Are you so foolish? After starting in the Spirit, are you now finishing in the flesh? 
So again, let's talk about justification. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, if you've been trying to depend on yourself for salvation, it'll never happen. It will never work. You need to be saved today. But Christians, listen to what Paul is saying here. Are you, are you foolish? Are you starting out in the Spirit? Did you start out with justification? You're saved and you're sealed by the Holy Spirit, and now you're trying to live in the flesh? Do you think that's going to work? Do you think that's what the Spirit intended for us and He wants for our lives? No, sanctification is so important, okay? Paul reminds uh, the believers of their mark by the Holy Spirit in salvation. We talked about that in Ephesians uh, 1.13. But he urged them that they needed to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians 5.18. Look at that verse with me. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to reckless indiscretion, but instead be filled with with the Spirit. Be filled up uh, with the Spirit. Um, uh, in Acts 6, 3, this is not in our PowerPoint, but deacons were supposed to be chosen on how filled they were with the Holy Spirit. So this means that some were more filled with the Holy Spirit than others. Some were following God more passionately, okay? We must constantly be filled up with the Holy Spirit. So let me ask you something. Does anything need to change or be renewed in your life? Do you need to be filled up? Is your, is your spiritual tank, is it low? Is this something you need right now? You need to make sure that you're, you're in step with the Spirit. You need to make sure that you're walking in the Spirit. But here's something else we need to be careful about. Uh, I want to say this to every person watching, every Christian, every member of our church. We need to make sure that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Okay, We need to make sure we're in step with the Holy Spirit. We need to make sure that we do not grieve the Holy Spirit. And this is something, you know, I don't know that we talk about this a lot in this language and with these words and these verses that we'll use today. But we can grieve the Holy Spirit in a few different ways. I just want to talk about a few of them today. We can do that through angry words and even rebellion. Look at Ephesians 4 verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God in whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, outcry, slander, along with every form of malice? Hey, as you've had time to just be alone during quarantine, maybe you haven't interacted with people, have you grown frustrated? Have you thought about past offenses, things that have not been re, uh, reconciled or resolved in your life? Maybe it's caused some angerness, angerness, anger to come up to the top, some bitterness uh, to come up to the top in your life. Maybe you've had to deal with that. When we allow anger or bitterness or malice to rule our life or our thoughts or our language, that can grieve the Holy Spirit. So what does it go on to say here in Ephesians 4.32? Be kind and tenderhearted to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ, God forgave you through the Spirit. So you've been forgiven. When we walk with the Spirit, when we live in the Spirit, we should be kind and tender-hearted. Maybe that's something God is showing to you right now in your life. Maybe He's showing that to you. You know, there's a verse in Isaiah 63.10. says, they be, But they rebelled and grieved His Holy Spirit. Therefore He turned to be their enemy and Himself fought against them. The Spirit fought against those people. Would you want to fight Mani Pacquiao? If I was fight, fighting Manny Pacquiao, who do you think would win that fight? I can tell you exactly who would win. Manny would win. He would. I promise you, you don't want to fight with the Spirit. You'll lose every time. Don't, don't make that 
what happens in your life. Here's another way we can grieve the Holy Spirit. It's by resisting the Holy Spirit. Acts 7.51 says, You stiff-necked people with uncircumcised hearts and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit just as your fathers did. The Spirit tries to speak to us, and sometimes we are just stubborn. Some of us just need to stop resisting, and we need to surrender the Holy Spirit. That's grieving Him that we don't do that. Then we can also quench the Holy Spirit. Here's another way we grieve the Holy Spirit, by quenching the Holy Spirit. 1 Thessalonians 5 says, Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. So let me ask you some questions today. Are you continuing in disobedience? You know, we all sin. We're sinners saved by grace. But are you stuck in that sin? Is it something that just defeats you and defeats you and defeats you? You need to take care of that today. You need to let the Holy Spirit take care of that today in your life. Are you refusing to forgive someone? Maybe that's grieving the Holy Spirit and stopping Him from flowing like He can in your life. Are you harboring hatred towards someone? Are you continuing in an adulterous relationship or some immoral activity? Are you doing something dishonest? That maybe it's a secret to everybody else, but the Holy Spirit indwells us. He knows everything that we do. He knows every secret thing that we do. He is our constant guide and companion. Let me ask you another question. Are you feeding the flesh and neglecting your faith? I think that's a danger as we're not meeting together physically. We lose some of that accountability and we lose some of that encouragement. And instead of, 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 of building ourselves up in the faith, sometimes we feed our flesh. If your answer is yes to any of these, you are quenching the Holy Spirit. And if you are quenching the Holy Spirit, it is hurting you, it's hurting your family, and it's hurting our church. Surrender to the Spirit's call in your life. Again, Galatians 5 verse 25 says, keep in step with the Spirit. He is our companion. He is our guide. He is our cheerleader that cheers us on. Exhibit the fruit of the Spirit that we talked about in Galatians 5 and look for them in your life as indicators that you are in step with the Spirit. If you lack any of them, you are out of step with the Holy Spirit. Be sensitive when God is, is leading you to do something or to be a blessing to someone. In no way do we just want to focus on the negative things today, but through the leading of the Spirit, you can be a big blessing to those around you. Listen to Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Would you let God work through you this week? Would you allow the Holy Spirit to use you to be a blessing to someone? We can be a blessing in so many ways. Somebody dropped by our house and just dropped off some goodies for us. That was a big blessing. That encouraged us. Thank you to those people who did that. That, that, that blessed our hearts. It can just be something small by, by dropping off an egg pie to somebody's house. But that could be a blessing to them. You could be a, big, a bigger blessing by praying someone, for someone or sharing the gospel with them. Let's not grow weary in doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we don't faint. You know, we can't always see exactly what God is doing in our time, in, in, on His timetable. We only need to trust Him and be ready to move when He says to move. So, the Holy Spirit can give you that push that you need, that power and that unity that we need, that, that supervision that we all need in our lives to become more like Christ and to be holy as He is holy. That same power that pushed away the stone from the tomb can push away your doubts. The same power that raised Christ from the dead can restore your feeble faith. 
The same strength that defeated Satan will continue to defeat him in your life all through the power of the Holy Spirit. Make it your aim to sense, see, and to listen to the Spirit of God. You would never use a two-legged tripod or a two-wheeled tricycle. So avail yourself of all that God has to offer and fix your Fix your heart on the promise that we find in Acts 1.8. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. All that you see in Acts and beyond, as I said earlier, is the work of the power of the Holy Spirit. We have missionaries who are going around the world right now, and it's very difficult for them. We need to make sure we're prayer warriors for them. You can't stop the gospel from spreading. You can't stop God from working. You cannot stop the Holy Spirit from working in your life. Would you let him have his will and way in your life today? Would you just surrender to him? You know, the road, the marathon of your life has been long. Are you willing to keep going forward in the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit? Can I ask you today, have you been sealed by the Holy Spirit? Has he saved you from your sins? All you need to do is call on him and ask him to save you right now. Can I ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me for just a moment? If you're wondering, I don't know if I'm saved. I don't know if my sins are forgiven. But maybe through hearing these verses today and hearing about the Holy Spirit today, you want the Lord to save you. You want Jesus to be your personal Savior. Would you just call out to Him right now and pray something like this, Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. Please come into my life. Give me eternal life. Seal me with the Holy Spirit today. Save me from my sins. Just call out to the Lord with an honest heart. Put your faith and trust in Him today. But Christians, you need prayer today. Can I pray for all of us? Holy Spirit, we come before you today and we thank you for your power in our lives. And Lord, some of us are so weak right now. We're struggling. Lord, I pray that you would remind us that that power is available to us. But Lord, we don't want to grieve you. We don't want to quench the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I ask you right now, help us to become more like you. Lord Jesus, we want to be like you. Holy Spirit, please mold us and shape us into the men and women of God that you want us to become. Supervise our lives. Lord, uh, Holy Spirit, we admit you are in control. We are not in control. We give you control of our lives. So help us to be holy as you are holy. Holy Spirit, we need you. Lord Jesus, we need you. Father God, we need you. This world desperately needs you. And thank you, Lord Jesus, for giving us the promise of the Holy Spirit who would seal us until the day of redemption and would be our comforter, our companion, who would also be our convictor and and, and just wipe away our sin and cleanse us when we need that. He would rough off our, our rough edges. And thank you, Lord, for helping us to be conformed more into your image. Lord, we want to say we're sorry to you when we've grieved you, when we stop that flow in our lives. But Holy Spirit, we want to keep in step with you today. Help us to produce that fruit of the Spirit. Help us use our spiritual gifts as you see fit in this church. Lord, give us unity in our church. That can only happen through the power and the work of the Holy Spirit. So we praise you today. We thank you for that in our lives. And we pray this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.
Hey, I hope the message today was an encouragement to you. Those are some things we don't often talk about in that much detail, um, but I hope that you'll walk in the Spirit uh, this week. Hey, just a few things to remind you about. Don't forget about DBBS and signing up for that today. Also, if you prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior for the first time today, would you just type yes in the comments below? We want to rejoice with you, and uh, we're so excited for that decision you made. Hey, God bless you guys. So We thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you have a great week. Join us online at Sumalong Baptist Church for our daily devotionals, and we look forward to seeing you next week. God bless. Thanks for joining us in this week's podcast. Stay tuned for the next episode. God bless.